91.5 WKHS Wharton. When you think about the future, how are you spending your time? What problems do you want to solve? What career paths exist and how will you get there? Get the inside scoop on college and career options. Let's plan your future. This is College and Career Corner. Welcome to this week's installment of College and Career Corner. I'm your host, Andra Anderson, Senior Coordinator for Next Generation Scholars. And I am super excited for a variety of reasons today. As of this week, optional masking is happening in schools. So this is actually the first College and Career Corner show we've done in a minute without a mask. So I don't know if you can hear that crystal clear difference, but <laughs> surely feels different in here. And I'm also excited because sitting next to me, I have an amazing guest from Eastern Shore Land Conservancy or ESLC, Larissa Prezio. So welcome to the WKHS studio. Hi, Andra. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. I'm so glad you said yes. How did it even happen? I was talking with you about something and I said, hey, you should come on the show. Um, You messaged me on Facebook, actually. Oh, hey, I think it how. maybe was after I posted about some bird stuff I yes. was doing. Yes. Yes. Okay. So I also, throughout the pandemic, I would send Larissa um, like a screenshot in Instagram of birds in my yard and say, what is this? <laughs> oh, yeah. I forgot about that. It was that like was different so warblers. Yes. I, we have so many birds where we live in the woods. So I was always like, I, oh, she's going to know. She's going to know. I'm going to ask her. <laughs> so in addition to all things birds and, and loving birds and expert, talk to us about what you do at ESLC. Okay, so at Eastern Shore Land Conservancy, I am a restoration specialist. So my primary job is connecting landowners on the Eastern Shore that either have agricultural properties, so large farms or woods or any kind of many-acred land, um, and connecting them with opportunities to create new habitat that wasn't otherwise there and restoring it to a condition that it used to be before agriculture for a variety of reasons, you know, whatever a landowner is interested in, whether it be quail or interior bird species, there's a lot of reasons to get into restoration, but that's primarily what I do. That's awesome. Are there any projects that you're working on now or that you've completed recently that you're really excited about? Sure. So in Dorchester County, um, I recently worked with a farming family to convert some of their soybean field over to warm season grasses, which support pollinators and support bird habitat. Um, they were having problems with their soy being unproductive due to some flooding and saltwater intrusion. So we knew the grasses were more resilient and with their deeper roots, it might have some coastal integrity keep that shoreline together. So we just planted about five acres or so that will be going into the ground this spring. Wow, that's exciting. It's cool to be able to see all stages of those projects too, I bet, being able to go, like, will you return and go back and check it out or? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So I'm, I'll am i be going down there in a few weeks actually. And I think they're planning on putting it in the ground soon. So I'll be able to see the dirt moved and be able to see the potential. That's awesome. That's so fun. So what about up in Kent County? Any projects happening here that you're working on? So it's not official yet, but I am hopefully working with Washington College to um, promote their natural lands project, which supports primarily bobwhite quail and putting in warm season and cool season grasses in 
previously conserved properties, so properties that are already protected with a conservation easement um, to, yeah, build more quail habitat. Yeah. So how did you get into this work? So I think I found a love for conservation through some classes that I took in college. And then just by like staying connected with like the Chesapeake environmental community after I graduated, um, I found a job opening at the Conservancy for an assistant at the time. So I joined the Conservancy as an assistant and now I'm their restoration specialist. But it was just really staying connected with the environmental community, I think, through like newsletters and email lists. Yeah, that's awesome. So think back. One of the things that we love to do with our guests on this show is take a little bit of a journey back to high school, all the way back. Think yeah. about, <laughs> all the way back, think about junior, senior year. Mm-hmm. What did you think you were going to be you know, moving on to or what what careers were possibilities or what problems did were you interested in solving? What was happening oh, yeah. in your head then? Absolutely. So... I feel very fortunate that I always knew from a very young age that I wanted to be like some kind of biologist or in the environmental world. I was a very nature-y kid, Um, but I thought that I was going to be a professor at a university teaching about the environment. Um, And then my alternate dream that I also thought maybe I would be was a marine biologist, like studying sharks or whales or something. (laughs) I didn't know that I would be working what I do now. Yeah, I mean, that that seems to be a common theme with most of the, the guests on the show is that even if they had an interest in that area, there's only been one, one person that has had since they were seven years old, does the thing they wanted to do when they were seven years old. I know. I was like, whoa, what? <laughs> but typically people will have an idea of a, a topic or an interest and it kind of evolves from there and they discover pieces of it that they just didn't know about in high school or they didn't know about until college or, or afterwards. So it seems to work that way for, for most of our guests. Yeah, and it's absolutely. a good message for students to let them know, hey, you don't have to have it all figured out. Oh, right? yeah. I yeah. mean, I to be transparent, I wasn't even like confident when I first got the job and started working it for like the first few months. I still thought that I wanted to eventually move on and be like a professor and go back to school right away. But the more I was working within that job, the more I really, really fell in love with the mission and what they do. And if, I don't know, if you had asked me like even just a year and a half ago, maybe if this was going to be something that I would be doing for the foreseeable future without an end, I'd be like, no way. But now I'm like, no, I don't want to go anywhere. Yeah. How did, how did the pandemic change your work? Was there, were there things that you did differently or a way that you approached it differently? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, we, of course, shifted to working at home, which, yeah, I had a lot of struggles. I mean, seeing my coworkers every day is one of the things that, like, really makes me love my job because everyone that I work with is so fantastic. Um, but I think some things did stay the same, luckily. Uh, I do a lot of outdoor work, so being permitted to meet in outdoor spaces and not have to be in close contact with anyone I think I spent a lot more time doing field work last year than I would have expected to. I was going to say, I feel like I saw a lot of photos of field work. Yeah, yeah. there was a lot of yeah. outdoor time. Yeah. Just because it was like one of the things that I could do that felt almost normal. Yeah, yeah. Any projects you were working on last year or what about coming up? Anything that you're excited to, to dive into? Yeah, so our 
standards. We have like an accreditation standard because we're a nonprofit. We have to like follow certain procedures. Um, and one of them is that we have to visit our conserved properties once a year, every year to like take some photos and write a report on the condition of it. Make sure there's no violations or anything. Um, <laughs> you say that's a nice <laughs> violations or anything. We never <laughs> tend to run across that, but it's uh, more often than not, it's just a really nice day of being outside yes. and getting to look at like beautiful grasslands and being on farms and being outdoors and we have drones now so I get to fly drones. Hey that's pretty cool. So our monitoring season is upon us and I've gotten my assignments from our stewardship uh, specialist so I'm really excited to get into that. Yeah will your travels bring you up to Kent County at all? Oh absolutely. All right. (laughs) (laughs) I love that do your little Kent County visits and come back to your old stomping grounds at Washington College. Yeah. If you see a girl in a farm field it's just me (laughs) don't be alarmed just taking some pictures. If you see a, if you see somebody driving, you know, flying a drone, it's just it's just taking pictures. We're fine. Yeah, it's just the Eastern Shore Land Conservancy <laughs> doing their job. I love it. So, when you decided you wanted to go to college, what was that process like? So, we have a lot of um, juniors that are starting that that process now and thinking about like how do I pick a school or what do I look for or any of those things. Yeah, absolutely. So, when I started thinking about college. Um, One thing that I was particularly focused on was finding scholarships. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, (laughs) And my high school had provided something called book awards. I don't know if that's like a universal thing. You know, it's not. I've heard of these before. Talk to us about what that is. So if my memory serves me right, book awards were like we would either write like a really short essay or something um, and we would just, you know, answer a question, write a short essay, send it to a college. And the prize for it wasn't necessarily like a huge scholarship or anything, but maybe they would like waive the application fee. Mm. Usually, I think it was called a book award because we also got like a book to read if we won the award. So there was like a list of 30 book awards. And I think I applied to every single one. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Um, Just because I was like really into keeping an open mind um, and the free application fee was a nice incentive. Um, And the one that I got back in one was from Washington College. Ah. I had never heard of it. I didn't know anything (laughs) about it. Um, I, I don't know if I mentioned I was from New Jersey, but, you know, it's not a local name or anything for where I was from. Yeah. So when I got that letter, I think it was like you get like a free application to Washington College. I think it was like a small scholarship for that one, too. So I went to visit it. Um, I thought I wanted to go to University of Richmond because my brother went to University of Richmond and I had applied there as well. But I just really fell in love with the campus and the culture when I came to visit. So, yeah, I kind of fast-tracked it and early decisioned Washington College. And that makes such a difference with trying to encourage students like go visit the campus because it can make or break your interest. Yeah, absolutely. When I got the book award, I was like, yeah, cool, big deal. I'll just like, I don't know, keep it as a safety school. But then I went to visit it and oh my God, (laughs) I fell in love with it. I know. (laughs) I like, I was completely turned around. I was like, this isn't what I planned at all. Yeah. And you you studied biology mm-hmm. and minored in chemistry. Yes, yeah. I double majored actually. Oh. Um, I did environmental science, and then I did biology on the ecology track. Okay, lots of things. Yeah, yeah, lots <laughs> took of lots things. of. So you had a full schedule. I did. Yeah, <laughs> lots of labs. Yeah, yeah, but interesting topics to you. What you liked? Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. What did you do your capstone project on? 
So I did my capstone project on plastic pollution, actually. Mm. I had just spent a summer in Ecuador, actually, doing research on the plastic epidemic. And I wanted to continue that a little bit and think of maybe some solutions from like a chemical chemistry perspective. So I decided to do my capstone on that as well and talk about like biodegradable alternatives to plastics and such. Ah. Now, do, does that conver- come up in conversation at all at the Conservancy or do you talk about those kinds of efforts or is it more about land stewardship? And So the Conservancy is definitely more about like the land and the stewardship, but I think I've seen it in the community that we support because we are about thriving towns and supporting our towns as well. Um, and we've been approached by organizations like Plastic Free Queen Anne's County. And oh, yeah. I think they're planning on starting that in Talbot County, too. So I like had somebody call the office asking to talk to me about plastics. <laughs> like, oh, do you have a minute? Because yeah. I can talk to you about plastics. <laughs> and it's always in the back of my mind, Thing I think, still to this day. It's mm-hmm. still something that I'm passionate about, but maybe just not on the forefront of what I work on. Yeah, but at least, I mean, going through the process of the capstone built your analyzing skills and your writing skills and communication and all of those things that can help lead to your future oh, yeah, position. Absolutely. One of the things that we dive into, one of the topics with the juniors, so I just completed going into the classroom with juniors to talk about um, building a resume and interviewing and skills. Mm-hmm. What skills do you think you use most in your daily work life? Definitely communication. We talk to a lot of people from a lot of different places and kind of keeping an idea that everyone that we're going to be talking to has like different beliefs and different perspectives Mm -hmm. and different lives. It's just communication is so, so crucial to what we do. Yeah. Any other skills, even like when you do your field work or maybe you're not necessarily working with an individual, but the work that you're specifically doing, anything that has helped you or that you've been working on skill wise? I've been working on improving my GIS skills, which is like a computer software. We do a lot of mapping at the Conservancy and there's so much knowledge that you need to have to like be able to work with this computer software. So that's maybe more of like a specific technical skill, but definitely I wasn't expecting it to be so prevalent in like this environmental work. So having like a little bit of GIS skills, I find with a lot of the environmental jobs helps. Yeah. That's something that we talk about too, like as you're, as students are preparing for their next step after high school, whatever pathway it might be, you know, military work, college, trade school, they're also, we're, we're helping them prepare for jobs that they don't know about yet or, you know, p- particular skills that they might not realize they needed to have. So mm-hmm. tr- trying to kind of keep it broad while also looking more at industry specific, if that makes any sense it's like keep it broad but also be specific right yeah (laughs) wonder they're freaking out (laughs) (laughs) so yeah I guess in a sense the broad suggestion would be like the communication skills Mm -hmm. since we talk to so many people from different walks of life and the more specific is that computer knowledge like the GIS yeah it's more technical and do you find with your position like do you you're continuing to build skills and like you're given the opportunity to build skills and provided resources to do that 
Oh, yeah, absolutely. My supervisor is incredibly wonderful. He's a great boss to have. Um, And he's been letting me work on a conservation easement project, which isn't really like in my job description or, you know, I had never done that before. Um, But he's allowing me to kind of take lead on putting new land into protection. So new conserved properties. Um, And that's like a whole new world to me of like legal stuff and a little bit of real estate stuff that I have no knowledge on. So I'm just kind of under his wing at the moment learning all of that. That's awesome. It's so great to find a a job that will allow you to grow and build skills and keep sharpening the ones that that you have. And I think when we're having conversations with students, we try to encourage them, you know, go somewhere where you can continue to build skills, where there's opportunities for, you know, advancement in any any area um, where you can keep being a better version. Yeah. Oh, and the drone flying. Yeah. 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 I got my drone uh, pilot from like the Federal Aviation Administration and Fancy. I would never have been able to do that without, you know, the job that I have. So yeah, that's, that's, a, that's so a skill cool. for sure. For sure it is. That's really awesome. Yeah. So loving being at the Conservancy, loving all the skills and things that you're building. Mm-hmm. What, what ways can you know, community members be part of the efforts that you're you're encouraging or incorporating or, or building? Sure. So we have a volunteer base. Um, we always encourage people to inquire about volunteering with our nonprofit. Um, our stewardship specialist trains volunteers to be land stewards. So people who go out on the preserved land and do the annual stewardship monitoring for that specific site and take the pictures and write the report and all that. Um, But we're also getting into doing some more community events. So we're really encouraging members of our community to come out to some bird walks that we've been sponsoring. Our first one's tomorrow at Pickering Creek. Um, We just really want to see our community members learning about habitat, learning about birds. Yeah. So what happens on a bird walk? So it's very slightly depending on the bird walk. But for example, tomorrow, um, the staff at Pickering Creek are going to be teaching us how to use an app for our phones called eBird, which is like a identify a species and report its location kind of software. Ah. So people can see what's been, you know, cited in their area and how many and when and that kind of thing. Um, And then we'll be walking around the preserve and taking a look at the grasslands and trying to look for birds and identify birds and learn about a little of their own restoration work and converting the agriculture of that property into wetlands and grasslands. Awesome. Are there any birds that you hope to see or expect to see? Yeah, so it's late February. Well, actually, it's March now. March, March, March first. Hey, it's March. Wow. <laughs> oh my gosh. So, like around this time of year, there's a really, really funny looking bird called a woodcock. Uh-huh. Um, it has like a really long face and a long downward pointed beak, and they kind of just like bob back and forth on the <laughs> ground. Um, and they're pretty elusive, but around sundown or so, they start coming out, and they have a pretty distinct call. Um, so we're hopefully going to see some of those at Pickering Creek. They have a I think like an established population there um, and we're doing a later evening bird walk nice. hopefully to be able to see them. So all the conditions are, are there to hopefully see one. Yeah, <laughs> hopefully. And the weather's been great too. So yeah, been like us, they'll like the warmer weather and want to be out more too. Yeah. I don't know if this was through the Conservancy, but I participated in a bird walk when I was in college in Turner's Creek oh. to look for owls. That oh. was so cool. 
That does sound Yeah, cool. it was extra credit for class. That's why I went. <laughs> Not going to lie. But it was really cool. It was so, it was such a neat experience. And now I have owls that live in my backyard. So I'm really, and they're, they're difficult to spot. <laughs> yeah, they're pretty elusive. Yes. There's they can some... fly right over you and you have no idea. They're mm-hmm. so quiet. They are. We have some that live right in the town of Easton, like the bustly downtown part. Um, there's like a, an owl in Cambridge that's been attracting people from like across the bridge. So what? Cambridge has been seeing a lot of bird watching traffic at the moment for this snowy owl that's been hanging out around Ooh. town. Yeah. Oh, I don't want to go see that. Yeah. <laughs> I want to come see it. <laughs> right in the heart of Cambridge. Yeah. So is this app, does this kind of replace, I don't know if you have this copy of this book, the North American Bird, bird yeah. Atlas. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's I would say it's like a supplement to mm-hmm. it. I think the Atlas definitely still has its importance. Um but I think the eBird app just makes it more accessible to a wider audience. Mm-hmm. I mean anyone can go in the App Store and download it and sign up and yeah. see. And you can actually log when you've seen something. That's the idea. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Nice. You like you it runs while you're like on a birding trip. Uh-huh. So it like knows locationally where you are. And then if you see like a robin or something, you just type in robin and add a check mark to it. And it'll be like, okay, we saw a robin here. Yeah. And then it lets other people know like, oh, there was a robin spotted here. Let's yeah. go find that robin. What are some other, I mean, do you know, I don't know if you know particularly like Kent County, but what are some birds that people get excited to, to spot? Um, I'd say visitors to Kent County, maybe not the locals, get really excited about bald eagles. Oh, yeah. Well, a lot of locals do get excited about bald eagles. I always see a whole bunch when I come up to monitor here um, just because they've made such a big bounce back in population size. Um, I think a lot of people in Kent County hold a special place for bobwhite quail, mm. especially some of our older landowners who have been here for like their whole lives because, once again, they used to be pretty prevalent you know, like 20, 30, 40 years ago, but not so much now um, mm-hmm. due to just a variety of reasons I could get into. Um, so bald eagles, bobwhite quail. I personally really like to see all the kestrels, which are like a small type of like falcon hawk bird that sits on power lines uh, of farm fields. Okay. They're pretty cool looking. Yeah. I love I love talking to people about their passions and their interests because they light up. It's so fun to see. <laughs> it's so fun to see. So other than than birding and and um, ma- you know maintaining doing lo- uh, land stewardship, are there any other pieces of your your job or outdoor work or field work that you're really passionate about? Ooh, good question. So. I guess I wasn't expecting to get so much into like agricultural integrity as I have, but it's really, I guess, fascinating thinking about, you know, the Delmarva Peninsula and where we are has so much prime agricultural soils, like some of the best in the country that, you know, if we're going to be farming, making sure that farming has a balance with environment. Um, and, you know, having like the support of both viable crops and viable like ecosystem habitat. I didn't expect that to be so much of what I do, but it's really fascinating to work on. Yeah. You feel like you're just learning and growing and building all those. Yeah. So like, for example, an agricultural field will have what's called a buffer strip. So a portion that's not corn or not soy and it's instead in like a grassland. And that benefits the farmer, but that also benefits the environment. Mm-hmm. So it's just like a really interesting balance of how environmental practices and 
good farming practices don't have to be so different from each other that they can coexist. That's really cool. Very cool. So one of the things that we also like to ask our, our guests is what advice they would share with a student who, let's start with seniors. They're, it's, it, they're two months getting ready to graduate. Yeah. Couple, well, maybe, let's see, June, three months. We, it's okay. We still have a little time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but they're getting ready to graduate and go off to the world and, and start on their own career, professional journeys, whatever road that might take them. Mm-hmm. What, what advice do you have for them or what's something you wish you would have known when you were a senior in high school? Absolutely. So I think... Keeping an open mind, you know, having an idea of what I'm really passionate about and what I want to pursue, but maybe being open to other opportunities that I might otherwise turn down because I wouldn't think they would serve me. Um, I wish I had done more of that. And when I did keep an open mind and join clubs that I didn't think I would be involved in or, you know, take opportunities that I would have otherwise turned down because it didn't seem part of my plan or whatever Mm. I don't think I would have had made so many connections and learned so much of valuable advice and skills that are so applicable to what I do yeah so maybe advice like not keeping blinders on when you're looking at your yeah (laughs) you know it's good to keep focused I guess but then you kind of miss something else right like I mentioned that communication is so important Mm -hmm. when I got to college Um, I had an opportunity. Somebody asked if I would join the public safety team and be their dispatcher and answer phones. And I was like, that's like nothing with what I do. Like, I should just get an internship with the Environmental Society instead. Yeah. But I went for it and I answered phones and I learned a lot about communicating with people and like being a good talker on the phone. And yeah. Helping people that way. Which has helped because you're speaking to all kinds of different people and for different professions and different reasons. So mm-hmm. that ended up being pretty invaluable. Yeah, I think I'm so grateful that I pursued that. <laughs> yeah, I love that advice. That's so good because sometimes, you know, you're so focused on, well, that has nothing to do with environmental or biology or chemistry. So why, why would I do this? Mm-hmm. But you can build skills. And that's something I think we try to encourage students. And especially like I just was in a ninth grade class yesterday, which is always so fun to mm-hmm. ninth grade and be going back into eighth grade classes, which I might. I might hit you up for. Ooh, okay. <laughs> it's coming to eighth grade classes, but it's always it's it's neat to see them on those different ends of of their high school career because there's still so much opportunity and yeah. you know you want to encourage them and what I've been doing is using some of the seniors to talk with the freshmen and the sophomores because mm-hmm. they're they're they have just lived it you know right at this point we have a few years from high school so <laughs> yeah <laughs> and also it just it gives them a nice perspective to have a student talk to them I think, right and and share like I wish I would have done this or when they tell you to do this they mean it because right <laughs> you might want to say no but <laughs> right all of those different things so I think that's great I think that's great advice um, anything else for a student who might want to maybe pursue like the work that you do what, what should they start doing now definitely so I guess look for your local land trusts. I didn't know what a land trust was in high school. I didn't know this was an option. I didn't know this is what people did. But just even like a simple like Google search of land trust would have totally opened up a different world of like professions and potentials that I didn't know about. Mm -hmm. Um, But in general, just getting into like the environmental field, um, finding I want to say almost like finding a mentor in a way like Mm. talking to a college student 
maybe like a lot of environmental people are on social media and love to like talk about what they do on social media. So maybe following and reaching out to people online and I don't know, just staying focused on like the community events that might be available and maybe talking to the people who are running those. I think environmental world is a lot of connections. Yeah. We love the word connections. We love that. It's such a great note to end this on. <laughs> Make connections. There are people out there that want to see you do well and want to help you. And, you know, even now, even if this is not necessarily the career path that you want to choose, there are ways to get involved, joining some of the community events that the Conservancy is hosting and even being a volunteer land steward. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I love it. Well, thank you so much for coming on the WKHS show, College and Career Corner. Thank and you for having me. Yeah. I love it. And we'll be in touch about the, the middle school programming. <laughs> Looking forward to it. <laughs> I love it. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back with a, another episode next week um, talking about being intentionally local with Caroline J. Phillips, a photographer and videographer. So until then, have a great week. Bye. You're listening to 90.5 WKHS Wharton.